This is uh, Mark Twight. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back to the podcast. Everybody's I mean, here. Tr- yeah. Everybody is returning, uh, it seems. Um, yeah. I think yeah. We're going, Sam. All right. What do you want to? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. We covered so much yesterday that I was thinking we should have recorded about. You know. Oh yeah. Um, well, I got something to start. Oh, this I, is a juicy nugget. Lay it on me, because I'll just complain about Salt Lake City traffic if, this, I, if, if you just let me have my way. <laughs> this is better. Who um, should read the headline? Well, so this is this is what got me started on it. Um, Burning Man trending with Ebola. <laughs> oh man, I, you know there's so <clears throat> I watched as many different camera angles. Of the tribal rangers, oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> really? Okay, so there were some there were some folks protesting. That the, oh oh I did uh, see that. Like, okay, so, yeah, okay. And they you know they they blocked the road. They chained themselves to some trailers and shit. And um, and you know uh, <clears throat> wanted pat capitalism to be banned. That was that's a pretty. High ideal, <laughs> bold right statement. there. You know, you're just just capitalism in general. Well, that was one of the things. It was like ban private jets, so oh, like yeah. fucking, you know, people can't fly their jets to Burning sure. Man or to nearby airports and then drive down in their whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. so they wanted to ban par- private jet. It was a climate thing, uh, I guess. Mm-hmm. I should say, uh, obviously, and then. I guess it's obvious uh, about the private jets or they could just, you know, but then one of the other signs was, you know, to, uh, was the ban capitalism thing. Like, whoa, that, um, yeah, tall order, but good luck to you. And here comes a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah, smashing through your barricades. This one is interesting. Um, so I, I just left because I saw Burning Man and it was trending with Ebola. And I was like, okay. no way. Because in my head, what I go. What a gift. I, <laughs> <laughs> but also, I, immediately my brain goes tinfoil hat mode. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Did they let, did, did government Illuminati secret society light up Burning Man with Ebola so that they could contain it and then off all the people that would be responsible for making psychedelics legal? That was just in the first five seconds of reading the headline. <laughs> I didn't even have to work like, for that one. Inch of rain, knee deep mud. I'm just like... Yes, so we have some friends that are down there. Okay. And so we're like, hey, what's going on at Burning Man? They're like, it is super fucked. And I mean, like, on, it, we were in Vegas when we got a downpour. So, okay. like, that was probably the storm that hit them. And Vegas streets were flooded. So it was like, it oh. was an intense, I mean, the cars couldn't even go anywhere. It was like yeah. a foot of, you know, water, water in the streets. Running down the street. It just, you know, desert yeah. places aren't set up to yeah, deal to, with that kind of stuff. Drain quickly. Yeah. yeah and so uh, a couple <laughs> friends of ours are down there. So we asked them why. They said the real problem is a bunch of people got electrocuted to death. 
Which I didn't. I did see one fatality or some some headline thing, and I'm just like, I'm not going to click on this. This is until it, you know, it, you get in the double digits of dead people at Burning Man. I'm in. I'm, I'm reading now. <laughs> you need to buy it. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, this is weak. Well, <laughs> so it? somebody had like a solar panel or a generator. And yeah. Got got familiar with DC current apparently. So, so I think the I think the re, I think the real the real thing the death toll if we're gonna see one is because the outhouses flooded. Yeah, and so you're having raw sewage in, on the ground where people are sleeping, yep. playing. I think they wanted to turn it into kind of a uh, Woodstock kind of deal sort of smear each other mud. with yeah it's a little bit different mud yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man so and uh and then for safety considerations it made sense to keep all the people there is what i also you know i think so yeah yeah like, because the mud is uh too deep so everybody would just be stuck anyway yeah so they, they said they need four days for it to dry out and uh and it rained again last night so <laughs> How long till uh, till the cannibalism kicks in? <laughs> you start eating each other and not in a good way. Do you think it's Do you think it's longer for the prop the highly probable vegan population that's there to become cannibal? It'll be it'll um, they'll be able to outlast some of the others. For sure, before they go completely Lord of the Flies. <laughs> this is so. This is the, a couple good things about this are hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, so, just found out that my therapist was a burner. Dear client, <laughs> I'm reaching out to let you know that I'm off grid and bad weather may prevent me from getting back to the service until Thursday nine seven or Friday nine eight. I'm safe and have plenty of resources. I just can't move until weather conditions improve. <laughs> <laughs> and- I thought that was- fucking funny <laughs> Just, uh there's a there's a series of ceos trying to escape of it's course pretty yeah so yeah. hot high powered um i guess celebrities are very angry so here's a video this is fucking it's, it's pretty good mud it's so they're trying to get helicopters to come get them probably private helicopters perhaps yeah. i mean and you know for somebody who's worried about the inclement weather yeah, it might be uh, hard to deal with. Anyway, I, f- I thought that's <laughs> like the, I, the other funny headline that I heard during this is like, "Man, you couldn't find a more resilient people than at Burning Man, self-sustaining and all this stuff." And you're like, "I think you could." I'm not saying I, anything against the like, yeah. but I, I see whining in the future. Hence, it's been 24 hours and people are like flipping the fuck Flip, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should have gone to Firefest instead. <laughs> Well, I think the thing that really, because they, uh, my friend told me, he's like, essentially the problem is that they like shut everything down. So like no festivities. Oh, sad face. Sad face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> if you could imagine, man, that really changes what Burning Man's about. I thought it was about the like no commerce and everybody's equal and we clean up after, which are all great. Like, yeah. I like the, these kinds of things. But man, you take away the partying and people get bummed real soon, <laughs> real quickly. <laughs> Yeah. It's a very different vibe when there's not a dust storm, you know, an assless chap. Oh, that's redundant. Chaps. <laughs> you know, like, those, those are those are the highlights, you know. <laughs> I, I would say that this is, um, <clears throat> there's been many memes about Burning Man, and I've had a few really, some favorites, but I think this one tops the list. I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll read this one because it's so, it's so good. I'm... 
Um, experience Burning Man at home. <laughs> Set thermostat to 107 degrees. Purchase Montclair ski goggles. Take powerful hallucinogenic drugs. Get naked. Place a pile of sand in front of fan. Set it to high speed and stand in front of it. Fuck your friend's wife. <laughs> Shit in the closet. Venmo E3500. But it's not commerce. That's a contribution. That's <laughs> yeah, a contribution. <laughs> that, actually, that's an interesting, that is an interesting uh, segue point. Um, because uh, especially that crowd, um, they tend to have issues surrounding exchange of value. Okay. Right. So you see like, you know, uh, yoga classes, donate, yada, yada. Like it's all this kind of like um, different language surrounding the concept of value exchange. But it's just abstraction from it, I guess you could say. Like they're, yeah. they're trying to skirt around the fact of pay me for my my value that I'm offering you or that you're the the goods that I'm you know giving you. Instead, they're like you know it's a contribution, it's a donation, and it's all like uh, it's reminiscent of of a. It starts sounding like you know very Marxist very quickly. Oh, um, it's flowery language to disguise. Well, one of the isms. Yeah, but you're not getting away from anything, right? No. Like, okay. Let, let me just walk back to the ban capitalism thing, oh, right? <laughs> sure. Um, and just go, okay, so, and then what? You know, barter town? I, we see that outside. Like, that's what you see, you know, I actually talking to a guy. I didn't <laughs> tell you about this. This is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it's funny for a couple of different reasons, but, um, you know, our neighbors campers yeah. tend to move in i always want to talk to them and see what kind of campers they are yeah so i usually go and give them a hard time to start with um and ask them like hey how long are you planning on staying here that kind of thing yeah, yeah. like a friendly neighbor yeah you guys just here for the weekend or yeah you, you know. just party a little bit and then pick up your tinfoil <laughs> smoke crack out of, it, get out of here uh and uh, but do dig around and look for anything that might have been dropped though dude like, uh, <laughs> for real like if you just put that attention onto treasure hunting yeah like you'd, you guys would have money or yeah. if you just put that into like instead of looking for what i assume is bags of meth on the yeah. ground, you you know applied for jobs in that same kind of energy. Yeah, you'd get something, and then you could probably provide for yourself. So, is let's just, uh, um, I'm not gonna <clears throat> pretend to know what sort of drugs are being consumed. Sure, um, I've asked by the way. Okay, <laughs> so but is it? Let's just say, okay, you smoke a lot of meth. Do you just become fumble fingered and drop shit? <laughs> like, is that a is that a sort of a consequence or a ride along of being high on that particular drug? Is you you drop your your fine your like your house keys? Well, you got you know, and then you got to look for them. <laughs> First of all, you <laughs> <Okay>. got <laughs> you got nothing to clean, so you start like looking in the bushes. I think for drugs. And this is bizarre because me and Aaron so got real smart about this real quick. We were like. <laughs> I, if I was a crack, if I was a crackhead, yeah, you know what I'd invest in? Fucking retired police dog. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I'd, uh, and, <laughs> and 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 retired police dog would help me find the drugs. Yeah, these then, motherfuckers are playing checkers. Yeah. <laughs> but if you roll up with a retired police dog, you just take people's drugs <laughs> from them. Chess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, so we so I talked to this guy and he was I I mean, he came in with a whole I mean, uh, it it was a it was a it was a military operation that he was working with as far okay. as shopping carts go. And we get let's get we can get into the the overall arching topic because I talked about it on Instagram a couple weeks ago and I found it really interesting. So I posted a, a video that I yeah. maybe I'll share with people again. Okay. A, a gentleman out back. Yep. Having a what seemed to be an ecstatic experience. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, I mean I I'm visualizing. Uh <laughs> and uh, I Somebody made the comment about it about uh, and, and Brett Weinstein posted something about um, calling it homelessness, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the most out of touch thing to think that the problem here is people that don't have walls around them." Granted, it's our problem because we have to observe it, and that might be yeah. no, we're seeing the problem, but the problem has nothing to do with housing. You know, it's a combination of drug abuse and mental illness and. Um, you know, bad circumstances, whatever, uh, yeah. crime, something like that. But to put that in perspective, I went and talked to this gentleman um, around the age of probably 40. Okay. Looks to be 85. Okay. Missing teeth, track marks, uh, lesions on the face. Like all to, like when I asked him, I was like, you know, what, what drugs? He's like, all of them. He's all of them. Like whatever I can get. And he's like, it's black tar. It's you know the the good stuff. It's uh, crank. It's like it's all of meth, whatever. It's just like it, it's just an overwhelming desire to get out of his state of consciousness. I yeah. see it as. So I asked him how I got there, and it turns out you know beat up um, a guy pretty badly that uh, cheated on uh, his wife with or whatever. Okay. Um, so started as a domestic altercation. Yep. It seems like. And uh, then he went to prison, and then he got hooked on drugs. And then he came out of prison, and he was a drug addict. <clears throat> I thought we had a war on that. Yeah, we on won. The, on the drugs. <laughs> we didn't have and a, like, especially, mission, mission you know, in prison, you know, you, it's kind of a hard <laughs> place to get. Oh, it is strange, though. It is. You know, the, the contraband that is actually fairly difficult to get out here, I know, because people are searching for it even in the bushes. That's correct, yeah. <laughs> but it's readily available in some of these other locations. Highly secure facilities, it yeah. is readily available. And, and, okay, and cool. around, uh, essentially, ha what that means is it has to pass through law enforcement to get to them. Yeah. Right? There's a barrier, there's a curtain of law enforcement that drugs are obviously getting through. Yeah. And that means, A, it points to a very, very specific problem within our system, which is, A, corruption, first and foremost. Because how, how could it be any other way? Unless somebody's oh, yeah. turning a willing eye to it. And so, that's another subject. But yeah. it turns out, uh, he, uh, yeah, so he got addicted to drugs, and then when he came out, he was in and out of jobs. Which, by the way, he admits now, or I guess he proclaims would be a better um, description of it, that drugs are not a problem. He does them for fun, recreationally. Okay. So we had a <laughs> we had a chat about that, and yeah. so I asked him about it, and you know, I I really trying to understand like where the we're like what does happen, right? Yeah. And I can't after every single conversation that i've had and some of them that are aggressive and some of them are not there none of them seem to be dangerous okay other than to themselves yeah right or maybe just the 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 statistical health of the city yeah um 
one thing that they all have in common is not one can seem to identify that their choices led them to the position that they're in. Okay. Whether it, and, it, 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 they were sort of caught up in the momentum of yeah. something. And it happened didn't. to me. Like it, yeah. it was a, it was the system coming down on me or it was unforeseen circumstances or the drugs were me and I just couldn't do any, there has to be something about this abdication of choice that is front and center yeah. of, of, of the problem because I think that that is your power. Like that is your ability to shift and change and whatever yeah. determinism and people could have all sorts of arguments about that. But that's after talking to this fellow for a while and then others throughout the five years that we've been here. Yeah. It seems like that's the common denominator that like even in the, in the maybe this is why it's so important. Is it so important to have a, a concrete idea or concept or philosophy that surrounds the importance of your choice that links to your behavior, that this is the kind of outcome that comes from thinking that it isn't up to you, that you are the, you know, the, the born child of bad circumstances kind of deal. Is it related, um, to the quality, shall we say, of the drugs being consumed? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't have any experience with it though. So it's hard. Yeah. I do see this abdication of responsibility mm-hmm. or even let's just call it participation. Yeah. Being endemic, but considerably more visible in that population. Yeah. Right. And yeah. when I say endemic, it's, it's, um, it also happens absent the drugs let's say with the just psychological issues with psychological yeah. or just just even common behavior among people mm-hmm. that's not what i, I didn't in, i didn't intend that to happen <laughs> right yeah. uh-huh. like that's not what i that's not what i wanted that's uh, no no my intent was to you know was better higher order da 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 i'm sorry and if, if you could get someone to even say that they were sorry. Well, I'm saying, <laughs> you know, because that doesn't really go hand in hand with this. And, and I don't have an example in front of me right now. And again, you use the word abdication mm-hmm. and or even rejection of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And it will. And, and sometimes, I mean, I could maybe even possibly make a stretch and tie it back to the whole ban capitalism thing, because oh, yeah. I would just go like, what next? Like, then who... Then what system and what people um, provide the structure? The yeah, social, what, what the system so, comes into play? Yeah, what what is the social structure, and who ha, who to whom are you abdicating? To whom are you handing responsibility, power, monopolies? So I think there's a I think there's uh in people. It's a bit early in the day for me to put. That's okay. The, yeah, I, I think it's um. And this is just kind of recently because, well, not maybe not. So my uncle um, was homeless, but um, and I'll come back to it. But you meant just to to like button something up because this is what made me think of it. Is you talk about like get rid of capitalism, go back to a barter yeah. system. Well, this person that I was uh, talking to was talking about the barter system. Okay, right? Because I was like, do you know how much money you'd save if you weren't on drugs? It, 
it's a lot. Like, yeah. you know, drugs are expensive for me too, man. <laughs> Even though they're different drugs, they're just expensive. And it's much cheaper to I mean, not have them. I mean, everything is expensive these days. <laughs> Do you think inflation affected meth too? Of course it did, right? Yeah. Can How could look, it not? Can we look that up? Is that something that is Googleable? Like, what did inflation affect street drugs? Did I mean, a dollar is a dollar, or it's seventy-seven cents. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Uh, How well prescription? No, that's not uh, prescription drug. Obviously, uh, found inflation. No, yeah. there's only a prescription drug. It's funny when I look up street drugs, prescription drugs, it comes up. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's just the Inflation Reduction Act. Cool, huh. <laughs> that, that worked. Yeah, apparently. Um, anyway, the 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 important part that kind of came out of the conversation, which um, I thought was interesting, was was that like lack of determinism, the lack of will, and I, I think here's what's listening to you talk. The lang- just the words that you're using, those words are absent in that population. The okay. word intent, the word choice, the word uh, abdication, the word responsibility, like none of these exist. That, and, that, and I would say the same thing in the conversation that's happening about criticizing capitalism. I am a critic of capitalism, first and foremost. Like, I, I think it's, um, and people, well, it's the best system we have. Yes. Yeah, so like, um, you know, so was bloodletting while we had it. You know, that, yeah. that was the excuse to continue bloodletting was because, well, it's the best thing that we got. Like, not really. <laughs> but, you know, how else are you going to design a barber pole? You know, <laughs> strap like, that arm to it. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's so many there's so many things that go to. So I'll go into like my my experience with my uncle yeah. was really interesting. So uh, I don't I don't think he's alive. I think he okay. he's gone. From what we can understand, but it's been a decade or something. Yeah. But when I was growing up, um, I met him once when he was clean, right? Great guy. So, like, I, he was like, I remember him as being a very funny person. Okay. Right? Like, and engaging, and he would always play with us. And he was like, you know, he was cool uncle. Yeah. You know, one of the, I have really cool uncles, actually. They're like my favorite parts of my family. And then a couple of years go by, he had uh, he was living in Ogden, I think, at the time, if I remember correctly. Something happened with his kids and domestic abuse situation. I think he hit his wife or something, got drunk, whatever. Uh, ended up jail. Same kind of story. Yeah. Got hooked on. I think math was his thing. And then he was out on the streets for a year. Like, we, he disappeared for five or six years. And then we would hear from him because he would need... He was like, I want to get my shit together. He would move into our basement He'd get clean. He got a job, and he was like real different, different energy, yeah. di- real irritable. Like he couldn't even talk to him without him getting like flustered. Um, and he would save money for about two to three months, yeah. and then he would bounce back on the streets. Like as soon as he had enough to kind of like do the next spell, he was yeah. out of there. And this cycle happened. I think, you know, it was like six years for them, two years, and then three years, and then. Eventually, I think they started to have the conversation like, no, they, like now we're just enabling this behavior. Yeah. I, I think uh, my his father, uh, my grandpa, had a real conversation with him like, what, what are you like, what is it? Like, just tell me like, what, why do you want to do this? And he was like, it's ultimate freedom. It is the purest form of freedom. He's like, because like it, once you get used to sleeping outside, it's actually pretty nice. And he's like, I, cops can't really charge you with anything other than like violent crime. Okay. So you're yeah. left alone, like you can shit on the streets, you can do whatever drugs you want, which in 
from my perspective, that that becomes a incentive that is so beyond recognition. Like people aren't recognizing the power of that incentive. Yeah. You know, um, that I am ungovernable, essentially. Yeah. Like I, I can kind of do whatever I want. As long as I just want to do drugs. Right. And and kind of stay out of the way. Stay out of, yeah. you know, or scene, scene crime. They're still stealing stuff and yeah. stealing bikes and selling bike parts and doing all that kind of deal. Uh, there's still obviously crime surrounding it. Why obviously. didn't they take the the skis? You know, why didn't they take the rollers? Why didn't you know? Like you get into this warehouse and there's a there's some pretty cool shit in here. And man, I steal a bike that won't even doesn't that won't even fit you. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a like very specific bike fit. Yeah, um, I think they'll turn that. They'll hobo the handlebars, yeah. which would be fucking hilarious. Oh, that would as be that Andy Hampstead bike. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine oh the God. one guy that recognizes what that bike is when he sees it on the street? Yeah. No, I don't know who. He's like, like what the fuck? How would you get there? <laughs> like, handlebars turned up. It's like, a, you know, it's like a Pantone. I don't know, whatever. I think it was 18% gray that I had to make it, you nice. know, paint it. <laughs> yeah, with like anodized uh, red couplings or. Oh, yeah. I mean, a full suite of Chris King, you know, red anodized bottom bracket, headset, hubs, nipples on the spokes were fucking, you know, red. Yeah, yeah. To match. Like, it was, it was a beautiful fucking bike. It was neurotic, for sure. No, it, it was, there, was, a, there was some OCD. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good happening. looking bike, yeah. and now it's gone. And and that's the th- this is this is uh, this is also part of the incentive package, yeah. of uh, keeping the system happy. I think um, Joe Rogan talked about this a little bit. I didn't hear it, but I heard a like replay of it or something. Okay. Uh, but he uh, he had somebody on the podcast that talked about the system. Um, oh, uh, Noir, Colin Noir. Okay, um, yeah. that guy started talking about this, and he started talking about the incentives behind it are that most of the money that goes towards that pays the salaries of the people that are in charge of looking after it. And oh, it's yeah. Like in, in, it's extremely high salaries, like in the yeah. quarter million a year kind of deal. This is There's a fascinating thing there where, like, can you donate to a nonprofit or mm-hmm. you, you're you trying to help? You know, I want to save the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the people from themselves. The, yeah, <laughs> or the whales, whichever. And and then you're like, okay, what is the... I'm, I give $100. How much makes it to the whale, you know, or how much makes it to the people that you're trying to say? And a, a friend of mine went to um, uh, a master's in education and um, he ended up t- teaching on the uh, old climbing partner. Um, he ended up teaching on the res in Oregon. And when he got there, he was appalled at how the public money was being distributed. <laughs> Um, because he said that 80% of the, you know, the donations that are coming into this, these, these organizations, um, is spent on the organization itself and the people who are working there. 20% of the money reaches the intended target. And so he worked really hard and, you know, was able to change much of that ratio while he was there. Uh, I and that it, it, that was something that you know when he told me about that it was like an aspect of our society that I never even considered or thought about. Yeah, 
I mean, because the, the kind of camping you were doing was a bit different. It was a little bit different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was, the, it was the more expensive camping. You know, we had uh, inflatable mattresses, not cardboard. <laughs> These days, I'm sorry. I've right. seen some equipment out there that uh, I'm kind of envious of. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just it's, true. It looks like they, you know, it's derelict for sure. Like it's like the <laughs> Mugatu designed this shit. Oh yeah. What it, what it, what it looks yeah. Well, like. you, when you started talking about Montclair ski goggles and I was, I was like, yeah, you didn't probably see a Montclair puffy out there every for now and sure. then that, that, you know, they probably didn't pay retail. So I, it, anyway, what do you think the, like, cause when I look at them, like obviously something is broken, not just in the system that drives people towards these States, which we could talk, which I, yeah. I have some like, obviously some opinions about what I think that is how, like, why would people degenerate into this? And I say degeneration because obviously like the, the mortality rate is sinking drastically, but lifestyle and quality or whatever. Yeah. I I saw something the other day, something like, you know, uh, 12 dead in San Francisco in a 24 hour period or a five day period or whatever it was. So, you know, from, from overdosing on, Oh, you know, behavior uh, coincident with Trank, probably. Yeah. yeah. Trank is and, the new one that we've been kind of, Aaron's been just yeah. <laughs> going down a wormhole about what Trank is. Yeah. Mostly fentanyl, but like <clears throat> horse tranquilizer, yeah. apparently, and some other. And that gives people like the lean. Yeah. The, is, what they were calling the what, fentanyl lean now is okay. now apparently the Trank lean, which is it, unreal mobility. Like, oh goodness! I, <laughs> oh goodness! What? When you're totally relaxed, it's amazing. Like I just wonder, how, you know, about that where people have to, you know, they 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 go and get all mobile at their yoga class, and they can't even. <laughs> and after decades of practice, they're nowhere near what these people get in like a, I don't know, in about seventeen minutes <laughs> after taking. That's how we're gonna market it. Just like the new way to get supple. Yeah. <laughs> Horse tranquilizers. So you're not a supple leopard. Uh you're a I don't know. what were those the was it called Gumby? Oh <laughs> yeah. Like that little rubber <laughs> character toy thing that you could have. I mean I bet I bet Misty's limber as fuck. I, not as limber as the people outside sometimes. Okay. I've got, I mean, <laughs> I've seen some shit where I'm like, I want to analyze it from the perspective of physiology. Like how are, how are you not broken after that? Like they're like yeah. people hinging, you know, 180 degrees at the waist kind of deals, it, kind of fucking uh, bananas it, and just holding it and just hold. Yeah. yeah. Holding it. Or, you know, like I, yeah. I was, I was just about to compare it to the, you know, our cats and sometimes, you know, catch them asleep in these, Somewhat obscene, but also unbelievable positions. It's like that's my new brand, Hatha Homeless Mobility. <laughs> yeah, perfect. This is great. Do you think people uh, would be offended? You brought something up there. Mm-hmm. That 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 the, the problem is not the fact that these people don't have homes, right? Yeah. Right. But but we use this term, mm-hmm. and that's and it's a catch-all term. No, no, right? no. It's supposed to be houseless. What we did to some other folks, we made yeah. them teepee-less. Yeah, yeah. You know, before, <laughs> right? It's it, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't. But you're right. It doesn't have that. Like that. That that term has nothing to do with the condition so that, that we're from it. trying to describe yeah. or communicate. And there's a um and and this something up north that I haven't quite figured out yet about the 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 legality of ca- urban camping. Yeah. Right. And 
And, uh, you know, okay, it's no longer allowed in the park and it's no longer, but there are certain streets where apparently it's okay. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you'll find campers, there's fucking generators going, you know, yeah. oh, uh, smokers, 24 yeah, seven smokers, yeah. you know, the, yeah. like, um, and, and there, and it is absolutely fascinating to me. Like, I'm just go, okay. I know that there are some mechanics of just daily life. Yeah. Right. Um, it, and, and, you know, I am curious about stuff like I can, because uh, every now and then, you know, I do some grilling, so I go through yeah. some propane, right? And I go to the depot, and I change my empty propane yeah. tank for one that has propane in it, and I get back to, you know, making my chicken. And uh, <laughs> and so there's this curious behavior of, like, you, the person living in the, well, it used to be a camper, but I guess it still is, but it's just not any more mounted on a vehicle. It's yeah. And then there's just, like, this raft of empty propane tanks. I'm like, so you know that you can go refill one like you can get organized to get there and get them but not to take them back like do you just find yourself at the depot but then if you don't have one it costs you sixty dollars um but if you do have one to replace it's 21.98 um and and so there's there's the the stuff about you know food preparation food storage sometimes Mm -hmm. i see coolers but there's also the predator generator uh seems to be a popular one it must be a cheap one um or or available through theft through the yeah yeah because people don't they don't work that good so people just leave them out so i don't i don't know i've we tried to get someone to steal the bike from behind the house uh, you know just to take it but it was <laughs> apparently such a it was no hampston so uh <laughs> not worth you know, it yeah it never got it never it's weeks you know it never got taken even though you know and uh so there's some uh you know our bodies we eat the food mm-hmm. we drink the water we process said nutrients or items and where does it go apparently onto the sidewalk onto the sidewalk or into the nearby field at some point these little zones these little camping areas become so popular that this there's a significant amount of human waste for sure yeah and you know that was when you said burning man ebola i'm just like oh yeah homeless camp fucking yeah you know uh, and, and and how does this, how does this get resolved? Because in you know time gone by, mm-hmm. ye old times of you know not great sanitation, uh, there are some pretty serious consequences eventually. I mean, obviously, the answer to fixing it is just wealth redistribution. Oh, <laughs> yes. Joke. I did like a disclaimer. That was a joke. We don't even, we do have videos. So you, you know, you didn't even bother with the air quotes on that. I mean, it's like, it, it's, um, it, it's interesting because I think when people do look at, like to, to describe the problem as homelessness is the same thing as describing the fix as wealth redistribution. Oh yeah. Like the, it, and you're like, uh, wealth disparity is probably a large cause of I, not. I'm going to say that problem specifically, but wealth disparity is definitely a cause of the like the the fractures in society. Yes, right. Like the the disparity between like the the dissolution or the uh, dissolving of the middle class yeah. is, is definitely like the poor are getting poorer and the rich are getting richer, and this this gulf in between 
has definitely an influence on that problem and many other problems that are going on. Yeah. But to think that the fix is wealth redistribution, i.e. robbing from the rich and redistributing to the poor, is to say building four walls around this problem would make it go away. Visually, it would. For a while. For a while. Until yeah. until it, it, it isn't. But the there's... A, there's Until, you know, someone knocks over the kerosene stove. <laughs> and then... <laughs> uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a camp up in... Um, was it Oregon that um, blew up? Um Mm. They have no idea what happened, but it was yeah. like an intense uh, situation. But you, you, there's... How long has it been since you've seen a tent fire? Like <laughs> a camping tent, like a nylon. That, could, oh. so, yeah, and imagine hey, the cardboard is good tinder for that. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, th- there's a couple interesting things. So I was just in, in uh, San Francisco and shocked by the lack of it. I was expecting, you know... Everywhere. I was expecting it to be a problem everywhere. What to be? Homelessness. Okay. I didn't see, I mean, even like a fraction of what I see in Salt Lake. And I was like, and I asked, you know, Luke and Samin who we were with, and then we were like, yeah, it's really bizarre. Until we kind of, and we were walking around, hey, Ashbury, and we're yeah. like, this is a really weird, just side note, just a fucking yeah. segue, right? Hey, Ashbury, if you're familiar, you know, 60s uh, hippie kind of yep. like, I would say seed yeah. uh, that street yeah. of some sort. So responsible for the, uh, you know, basically the social movement known as uh, hippies, I guess is the best way to put it. But uh, interesting because now it's a prominent shopping area, um, but still, still the vibe is there. Okay. You know, the high vibe, I yeah. guess some people would say, but the homeless problem there is kind of like, kind of like the one you hope for. You know, they're just like playing music on the street and shit. Right. And taking good drugs and having a great time. Nobody's screaming at themselves and hitting their head on the wall. Okay. Or, or like laying down in the middle of traffic trying to end their um, corporeal their existence. existence. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it seems like the homeless, quote unquote, I guess I have to say quote unquote homeless because I assumed, although it looked like all their belongings were with them. Yeah. It's a fairly like happening place. And okay. it's fairly friendly. And to be honest, I did not mind. I like the music. I like saying they're friendly. You know, they're asking for money, but also they're not like begging you for it. It didn't seem like they were stealing anything. Just, that's a total assumption. But it seems like they're not stealing anything. They're in the hippie vibe. They're just like want to be free. what you're um, describing uh, is not what is presented. And I'll just go like center right-ish mm-hmm. news outlet, uh-huh. you know, where Democrat-run cities are in, you know, horrible state, you know, and then you, and then you see the, the alley yeah. street thoroughfare of uh, what appear to be homes. <laughs> kind of. Uh, kind of. Fabric-ish homes. Yeah. So here's uh, the interesting part. On that street where, uh, like, everyone's welcome. Yeah. The psychotic and kind of like meth riddled or uh, trank riddled part of the derelict uh, homeless population yeah. doesn't seem to be fucking welcome there, which I found very peculiar. Wow. Because in a place that is so accepting of gender and race and ethnicity and all of these things, yeah. uh, pro- and, and, and seems to be having a great time, that 
specific population that almost everybody in America now is familiar with yeah. is not welcome on that street. You can tell, like there was an effort and it is a fairly happy place to be. Even even if like the homeless get the fucking clue, like, hey, if we're going to survive here, we got to be a certain way. That being said, I, I didn't see any of it in San Francisco until I realized why. San Francisco moved it all to yep. a very specific, and we were right next to it but they literally moved it to a very specific part called Tenderloin. Okay, yeah. Which I think, um, which is a great effort to be able to move it to a very specific place. There's some other really weird dangers that I think like, I think that's what every city is moving towards because they don't know how to deal with this problem. Yeah. Um, it seems inhumane to do anything about it. And, and the reason being is that most of the people don't deal with it on a daily basis. And this is where the, the word homelessness makes the most sense. I only l see it when I leave my home in the suburbs. <laughs> and when yeah. I'm without a home, that must be the problem. They, these guys just need houses. And so when you see it, like when I get people's hard to pay, that people will accuse me of being like, in um, compassionate or like, which uh, is the furthest from the truth. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah it, it, the, the, and I'll address that a little bit um, because uh, one of our friends, uh, w w I posted this video of this guy kind of having a one man party. Yeah. And I was like, to, to describe this anything other than a combination of psychological problems, uh, social, uh, uh, social uh, unraveling yeah. and uh, drug abuse is, is it's insincere and it's actually like irresponsible. Like you're not identifying the problem. And also to just say that we need compassion is like saying that we just need to play the didgeridoo louder and the problem will go away. It has nothing to do with understanding because there's already compassion about it. Like there already is a level of uh, abstraction away from it. It, it feigned as compassion. Right, like yes. society is compassionate. So they're like, oh, just like leave them alone. And also pass the... Supreme Court ruling that says that police can't confiscate their stuff. So now police don't have the proper leverage to enforce certain laws or get them to move to control it. So in Utah specifically, it comes down to the uh, health department. Yeah. And so the health department is responsible and it has to, like you were saying, it has to get so bad before the health department can declare it a waste site and come and clean it up. That's what happened out here. Yeah. Because there was like 50, 60 people, you know, on the other side of the fence of us. And there was so much human waste and, I, and I, I talked about this the other day. We had no fly problems until that camp started. Yeah. And you're like, what are flies attracted to? Shit. Shit. And, and this is like, this, this is a real, this is like, uh, like a one to, like they show up about two days later, we have an infestation of flies. In the building. Everywhere. Yeah. It's insane to me. And so you're, that's how weird this is. Because I, I would also bring up the fact that this is not the responsibility of police. Right, because we have not made it a crime, therefore they can't take care of it. it yeah, and and they become powerless, and also I would say just as frustrated. Now I'm not the biggest fan of just organized law enforcement, but in this regard, I go we give them way too much. Um, they have too much work to do to look after, and not yeah. enough power to actually do it. And that's I, hard for me to say because police have way too much power, but. Uh, in this in this instance, I agree. Like it's not their responsibility to fix social problems, 
and this is a social problem from from my perspective yes and uh, you know when you were talking about like it, the let's just say the city of san francisco moving mm-hmm. you know I, i'm like wow that sounds an awful lot like a refugee camp we're concentration <laughs> i mean they're concentrated there yes yeah. <laughs> and they're concentrating <laughs> on finding things that have been dropped but um and that sort of out of sight out of mind mm-hmm. is uh is not a solution either in, and I don't, yeah. I don't know what a, you know what, I got nothing, as an idea, well, uh, other than banning capitalism, and then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, I, but but, but I see it becoming, and 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 I think it does, it maybe it, this idea of this of wealth disparity, may be a contributing factor because people, you know, and the lower end of the economic strata let's say there are becoming more and more and more and more Uh, where you're like teetering on the brink teetering on the brink and oh shit i lost everything Mm -hmm. and then you're living in a camper and throwing your trash in the field and when we talk about wanting you know to you know having a passion wanting to find a a solution to a problem let's say Mm -hmm. it's it's really hard for me to have compassion sometimes when I see how little care mm-hmm. um, is taken of the environment that they chose to live in. Yeah. And how little, you know, the city will put it, you know, put a dumpster or they'll put porta potties or whatever. And then suddenly the porta potties don't work because people are stuffing fucking pillows and, you know, uh, blankets and stuff in t- because that's the dumpster's full or, and then it and then it will spread. And I'm like, well, if you can't take care of it, you know, these surroundings that you have chosen as your place to hang out, camp, live, um, it's really hard for, and I'll just say me, to want to help or to want to find us like you're like th- this behavior causes resentment and and it's not the same resentment as a driver has when a cyclist runs a stop sign in front of them right, yeah. right? it's not that they're doing the thing i want to do yeah. uh, and so therefore but i can't or i won't let them I, you know you can't because it's illegal for me and blah 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 so i you know i resent or i hate that person it's not that it's like this is a fucking dead end Mm -hmm. it leads to a fly problem (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like like what and and what and whatever that representation you you know whatever that fly problem is indicative of it's like we developed these systems for managing the bodily functions and and, uh, you know and hygiene and and uh, i am shocked at the amount of waste that can be produced yeah uh, by uh, everybody, uh, but, but specifically oh, oh, absolutely. by yeah, yeah, for sure. And we don't, you know, obviously in uh, us normies who, you know, take advantage of this um, sort of wastewater and sewage systems, mm-hmm. um, we don't we don't see the buildup yeah. of, you know, because it's, it's, again, it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, but if people had to, I don't know, there's very, I th- I say, if people didn't know how much they waste, they should like, keep their trash in their house for a month, just one yeah. month and see how bad it is 
a, I mean, a, a fucking week. week. Is, yeah, a week <laughs> is pretty bad. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I think that's actually pretty useful in some cases to see how much waste there is going on. Now, a lot of Absolutely. this has to do with like just the consumption of products and the way that we receive products now. Yes. And there's no incentive to ever stop it. And maybe this comes down to like the, you know, uh, change, the, the climate change thing to me is an interesting conversation because the weather is not necessarily the, the problem here. Right, like, yeah, a hot climate causes other problems, but the massive amount of pollution that is in our oceans and the microplastics in our food and the prescription drugs in our water and the mercury and the heavy metals, no, like, you're worried about the weather and I'm worried about the things that I ingest on it every day, like being actually toxic material. That I can't help but ingest because right. it is... Like you said, it's everywhere. Again, and, and, and this is another another example of them completely missing the real problem. Like, okay, oh, yeah. let's admit right now that no, no matter how many electrical fucking vehicles are on the road, no mm. matter how many solar panels you have, you aren't going to influence the temperature of the earth. Uh, you just can't. Yeah. And there's a couple really realistic reasons to that. I mean, people might be screaming because... I like whether you believe in or not is irrelevant. Like if you do believe in it and you do think that man caused it, you can't actually influence it the other way because you can't influence these, you know, 7.5 billion other people on the planet that do not give a fuck about exactly. this cause. And in which case we are focused on the wrong problem. We can admit that climate change is a problem, but the real problem is consumption. And this is, antithetical to our entire civilization because we are based off of more and more consumption on increased consumption because that is but that is we, how capitalism works i was gonna say but if we just ban capitalism <laughs> I, I you know there's a there's a, a fa some interesting things around the, this idea obviously mm -hmm. uh it, it is uh yeah pay attention be sensitive to it also understand that anything that we could do, anybody that, you know, we know, any society that, you know, here, it's utterly futile. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I used to visit a lot of third world countries when I was climbing and, you know, have, these countries often have really incredible fucking mountain ranges in them. Mm. Um, and it's pretty simple to to. Uh, to, to see where, you know, what some of the issues are, especially when it comes to motor vehicle exhaust, energy production, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, if China right now is building more coal plants, you know, I don't know if that's misinformation or not, but, um, uh, you know, to, to, to service their energy needs, um, then again, no amount of electric vehicles on the road in the United States will uh, have any effect on that. And to state that the weather is a problem and then try to shift an entire society and economy to a uh, weather-dependent energy means of energy production mm -hmm. is fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. the, the battery bank, down this little bit of road of you know, trying to understand yeah. renewable energy from the sun and what it takes to sort of build a system and you know how much is needed especially in 
you know, how many panels, how much, how big a battery bank it need to be, especially at northern latitudes and, you know, all mm-hmm. of these things. It's, um, you realize, like, oh, this is real, this is, this yeah. is seriously complicated. Mm-hmm. A- and, it, and expensive and, well, um, it, the, the density of the energy that can be produced by these means is what ten percent mm-hmm. of what ha- um, what can happen when these we'll just call them fossil fuels are extracted, refined, and uh, you know it, uh, put into the service of mankind. Energy production. Of energy production. It's. I mean, the number of uh, two-stroke engines that are still in use throughout the world. Mm-hmm. That's a decent. Uh, it's probably going to have a decent impact. Um, although I would <laughs> yeah, like to sure. to see some you know private some people lose their ability to fly around in private aircraft. Well, do you know what? you know? But that but also I don't think that's the problem. I just it's the 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 problem there is we distrust you because of your behavior. Be, your behavior is inconsistent with your speech and all the virtue signaling yeah. that you're trying to that, do. And that's that, what I would and, say. I would and, say, I, if you are going to make a comment or or some kind of um, protest on climate change, yeah. you shouldn't be allowed to fly private. Yeah. Right, like, and, and that's just a, like, that should be the same. And, and I'm not talking about a law or regulation because I yeah. don't necessarily believe them. But I'm saying as a social construct, just like somebody might make an inappropriate uh racial slur or inappropriate remark about somebody's ethnicity and we cancel them. Yeah. I think the same thing should happen over, you know, uh, your opinions being linked to your behavior. Yeah. That, and, and this is the only way that you can really engineer society to improve itself is kind of by shame and, and shame yeah. has to be based on an accurate interpretation of a better future, right? The, the better future for us also has to be decided because the real problem is that when we recognize that if if we're, the reduce, recycle, reuse thing was a great tagline, that still needs to be, that should be an anthem for everything because it isn't just about what car you drive or it isn't just about your carbon footprint. Like that almost does not matter at all. You cannot, they try to track this, they're going to try to track this, but in the meantime, something like a pandemic happens and you create billions and billions of uh, uh, megatons of waste through plastic masks and that that pollutant does matter. How much different would the world be if we didn't have that amount of mask pollution in it? It would be different. It would be different. And the... Um... And not only that, the let's just say with preventing people from so circulating, you know, in social settings, mm-hmm. um, you know, meant, uh, I don't know, diabolical increase in packaging for the people <laughs> yeah. who could afford to have shit delivered to their house. Yes. Um, and, and, and who didn't want to go outside, yeah, you know, or were prevented amount. from yeah. going outside. And, and the... And the one fascinating thing about that is I think that, that that the behavior that got changed during those lockdowns where people couldn't act, go to grocery stores necessarily or get all the shit that they wanted um, and so that uh, so they had it delivered, that behavior didn't change when uh, it, it remained. Yeah. It was a it was a, a 
social change, a societal sort of way of looking at things that remained long after people were free to circulate. I I mean, do you know how much I don't want to go to Costco? (laughs) Now I don't have to. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Now I can, you know, if I, if I have the, the, uh, fi- the financial wherewithal, I can yeah. Instacart something or, yeah. you know, or have it delivered or I get, you know, I can have Mr. Bezos and whatever he's got going on. Help me out. Helicopter and, drop me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. My little, and it, so there were some fascinating behavioral changes that, you know, th- that, that occurred. Yeah. And I think the impact on, um, the larger issue of environment, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, nobody made the, you know, in a, nobody who could have the influence to help change some things made this connection. You know, it's like, oh, no, you need to buy an electric car. Yeah. There's the connection that will save everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Even though we don't understand where power comes from. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just moving. It's just moving the goalpost, but it, it isn't solving any. And I'm, this is from somebody who owns an electric vehicle. Yeah. I did not get it because of the impact on the environment. Although I do feel that air of superiority when everybody sees me driving around in my outstanding. I, it's a, it feels great. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, like, no, I just didn't. I saw gas prices going up. Yeah. And that's why, like, I was like, and it's arguably a good purchase because of that. Yep. But it does not change my footprint or the amount that I consume. Like, that, and what I think that's really based off of, honestly, is like, we have a really bad way of, um, especially in our society, especially in American culture today, of kind of like, kicking ourselves even though we are already down. Like, the the rest of the world, other other cultures do not do this they esteem to be better as a culture and we do not we try to we are hypercritical um we're almost proud of our criticism as opposed to our construction oh yeah and and you can see in the very this is a very weird um example but i don't know why it came up washing machines like washers and dryers right there's there's obviously quite if people don't know there's quite a bit of water usage yeah there's um there's quite a bit of waste that goes into them and there's quite a bit of power necessity for it. Yep. Right. So, um, I didn't notice this until, you know, we had a car charger in our house cause I started looking at the draw of power Oh yeah. and started looking at it. And we happen to have gotten a phenomenal washer and dryer, but I've had other people who've had conversations in the past five years that have got them and they are terrible, but there's a reason that they're terrible. The uh, the American-made washer and dryers yeah. have so many constraints on them that Asian manufacturers don't technically have. And so they what, what they're trying to do is like the amount of water that you can use, the amount of yeah. power draw that it has is supposed to be minimal so that we don't, uh, so that we reduce our impacts. But what happens is that instead of uh, people just having a good product that works once, they have to use it multiple times now. And the same thing with like the whole, like reduce the amount of water that the toilet uses. Well, now you just have to flush it four times. Yeah. And now I'm actually more water than, that I use than when it just worked correctly the first time. Oh yeah. And this is like some senator or some fucking person got it in their ass that like, if we make this more blah, 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 then we'll reduce... And in the overall impact is always going to be the same because to get a task done requires a certain amount of energy. But it, and it, and 
putting these restrictions on you know production of certain machines or mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, stoves or yeah. I mean and, and maybe it was the washing machine that the thing that I saw recently where um, you know people who work in that industry obviously they want to preserve their spot mm-hmm. said but look if if you let us make them the way that we know that we can make them mm-hmm. you're by one and done they last a long time too yeah, yeah. that's and said so look we have to you know we're, we're changing manufacturing things we need as a company to stay in business mm-hmm. so in order to meet these regulations or you know uh, uh, th- then we have to cut corners in places that actually makes these things inferior and ultimately worse for the plant you know yeah. the, the worse for the environment even though the intent was good, the impact was yeah. considerably different. Yeah, and I and and uh, the idea of um, which now, if we're going to get on uh, the sort of government intrusion into the private lives of individuals or how people's behave, how people behave, um, I really don't appreciate being considered ignorant and stupid and unable to think or decide for myself. <laughs> So I, you know, pretty much take it upon myself to resist as best I can, <laughs> you know, complying with a lot of these things that, because those motherfuckers ain't any smarter. And the, the, the <laughs> I, and, is that and, the and, problem though? Is that there's like an, an overall perception that they are? And this drives me fucking crazy because we're at a point right now where all of our officials that are responsible for basically what has happened over the past three to four years yeah. that made your life probably worse, probably, unless yep. you were like 1% of the population that, you know, I don't know, hurried up and made a COVID test or something and made billion dollars and then exited out of the market very quickly. Aside from that, you know, very low percentage of a person, the likelihood that you are feeling inflation, the likelihood that you are uh, feeling the impacts of regulations and all of these things, the people responsible for all of this shit that made your life worse through laws and regulations, they're now asking you for their job back. Yeah. And because you're so fucking enamored with just entertainment and getting pleasure out of life and you don't want to deal with the hard problems, you're probably just going to vote yes based off of your party line, and these motherfuckers are going to stay in a position where they can continue to make your life worse. There should be a act oh. today that says, hey, replace everybody. And and nominating, I mean, uh, I'm all for term limits. Mm-hmm. However you want to define it. <laughs> Terminal <laughs> limits? I, I don't know. I didn't say that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, the the and and then nominating themselves more. You know, there's there there was this um, the uh, I, I don't know. There was a fellow that was running the place for a while, and he used terms like swamp and deep state and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and and uh, and it is really actually quite shocking the size of we'll just call it the administrative state Mm -hmm. the you know people not elected to positions and unfireable essentially and aggregating a considerable amount of influence and power 
and rule make you know the ability to make rules which are not laws oh you mean like it, the federal reserve we could get we we could we could go there I mean, there's plenty there's there's so many there, there are many and and this is um an interesting thing is like that machine chugs on mm-hmm. while the decorations around and the mouthpieces who allegedly represent you know their constituents the people the citizens uh the, you know maybe that that changes a little bit you know you decorate a little um the octogenarians um uh, who are there I'm like wow i know a lot has happened in your lifetime and you could be some of the most dynamic and adept at change um but you need to get the fuck out yeah uh, I'm not saying that, you know, younger generation has any sort of better ideas, but hey, the shorter time, the shorter the length of time that you've been involved in politics, mm-hmm. the less bought and sold you have been. And, and, and I, I do feel a, a sense of, I use the word futile <laughs> with the <laughs> adverb utterly. <laughs> um, <laughs> before it, uh, when when talking about sort of you know the the, the small changes that in, we as individuals can make and in their influence on the ho- whole environment, um, uh, but I feel uh, quite similar in politics right now. Yeah, uh, do you think and, uh, maybe this comes and, to the the question of because uh, uh, futile definitely describes. I think our culture in general, like it seems a lot of people have been talking about this, like um, the apocalypse has already happened. It's just not a over, it's just not ending as fast as possible. Yeah. And this would be comparable to our (laughs) um, modern take on medicine, which I think Dr. Tia talked about um, recently as well as we're like, you know, one of the only differences in our culture from now, from like a hundred years ago for the past, you know, 200,000 years was like death was fairly fast. Yeah. You would get sick and then you would die like within a couple days, you know, at the longest, probably a couple weeks, but it was like over and done with. And now in order to increase our life expectancy, we have basically just slowed that. And so now it takes 30 years to die. It takes a really long time. And I think that mirrors our society perfectly because we do not have um, basically a overthrow like it would, you know, in in the Roman empire took a long time to end actually kind of, you know, the Gauls came in and it was like all the big wigs kind of got out of town, but then they kind of set up shop and, you know, they kept the, kept the party going for, for a little thousand bit. years or yeah. something. But in, in essence, Lead like, poisoning doesn't work quick enough is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a, yeah. As we're finding out. Yeah. Uh, and, and when they talk about this concept, it's like, Oh, this is the slide down. So it's still real easy because we're, we can't see it yet. And that, that's an interesting concept. I'm not going to say that I probably agree with it, but I, I wouldn't say that it's like, it's just an interesting viewpoint that lets us know where we're at as a society because things are happening much faster except our demise is happening much slower at least at our, at our like perspective there was a period of time late 70s um when you know let's just say when um punk rock became a thing mm-hmm. and part of this um d- you know developed out developed coincident with you know this idea that we have no future and therefore uh i am going to squat i'm going to go on the go on the dole i'm going to play three descending chords 
and um, you know, and, and and we're gonna shout out against, let's just say, Margaret Thatcher, for example. <laughs> And obviously there were different punk rock scenes around the world, but a lot of it was, you know, young people real recognizing that their future was probably not going to be better. Mm-hmm. And that affected behavior. And I see a, a, a similar thing now, not as, you know, righteous or loud and the music is worse. Um, <laughs> but, but if you look at... They play it, more it, chords. It's, it's just complicated. And they got that thing that they Auto-tune. sing through that <laughs> makes them sound like robots. And you look about it. Like share. The, yeah, like the vocorder. You know, whatever that thing is. Anyway. Um, it, but if you have no future, what do you do? You party like it's 1999, right? You, yeah. Um, you just keep doing the fuck you, I got mine. Yeah. For as long as that is possible. And, 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 if, and if there is not a future, if because of the damage we're doing to the mothership, if the, there is no way to repay the debt that you voluntarily signed a contract for after the age of 18... Um, there's no way to, you know, earn enough money to buy a home mm-hmm. with the, that particular market situation the way it is like all of these things. You're just like, I have no fucking hope. So ban capitalism and trank. Yeah. You know, you know like, yeah. you know, I could, I could in my own mind, whether it works or not, you know, it's true or not. I can see a lot of behavior based on the fact that there's no reason to uh, try. To, to, to try. Yeah. I, this, is, this is phenomenal, but may, and I'm gonna, maybe I'll pitch it. Yeah. Um, because I do think, and I don't think that the, I do think that there is a fix actually. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious, but okay. I don't think people will do it. Is this have to do with some hard conversations um, or hard concepts i don't think so i think it's actually much more simple than that because when i walk up we walked around the block and now me and aaron live downtown so we walk around strapped yeah (laughs) word (laughs) word uh and we're just noticing um the very fine line between people you know saturday night people partying oh yeah you know like like the drive home from here last night for me i mean it's i forget about like the friday saturday night vibe when i'm up north yeah um it went and then when i drive around downtown on a friday or something i'm like oh it's yeah different right it's like it's burning off of steam of some sort yes or, or something it's a it's a release of a pent up tension and th- this is where it gets really interesting because me and Aaron were talking about it yesterday because we look across the street and we see the impoverished kind of like different partying that's happening yeah. constantly but all, all of it is a symptom of the same thing right it's an escape from it's an escape of feeling in real time your reality where you are what you are yes in in they're no different people to me when I see them living it up and cheerings and getting like super fucking wasted and eating shitty food and kind of like, Oh God, I'm not at work or I'm not at my cubicle job or I'm not at my thing. And the person on the street is like shooting up and looking in the bushes for more and just like, Oh, okay. I'm not on the street. I'm on cardboard. I'm having a great experience or at least not my normal experience. 
same it's the same thing the same symptoms and so what I bring disassociation you from disassociation your uh current reality a hundred a hundred percent uh and and this is this is maybe why the drug choice is really important because associatives are painful to asso to make associations yes. is a very painful act and why it's it's why you know uh, awareness and meditation and breathwork practice and uh, physical activity and running, biking, uh, mountaineering, all of these things take considerable amount of present awareness and considerable amount of learning how to deal with your discomfort. Yeah. Right. And the mental states and the experience, the life experiences that come out of that kind of activity compared to the activity that is numbing and disassociative and taking you away from the present um, is kind of the actual feature of what's going on. Now, that's nothing new. Everybody is like, that's what they've been saying yeah. in Indian philosophy for 5,000 years, Zen philosophy for, you know, 4,000 years. It goes, you know, it, it just keeps going back to like, you need to pay attention, you need to pay attention. Awareness is the key. Suffering is inevitable. It's association with what you're doing, yada, yada, yada. But if I was going to think of a simple fix, what I've come to, and it's become the premise of probably our next thing, is that it has to do with what you eat first and foremost. Yeah. And this sounds ridiculous because, you know, but if you go back, Hippocrates said at first that the first, like medicine is your food first and foremost. Your ability to heal yourself first has to do with what food you eat. And this is Greek philosophy thousands of years ago. Before mm. we knew what macronutrients are and micronutrients are, we couldn't yeah. identify anything through a microscope or a telescope and we could identify that the correlation between what you eat and your vibrancy were one to one yes and now we eat processed terrible garbage we watch processed terrible entertainment we don't have we have processed relationships they're highly abstract virtual and no real feeling or sensation through them and therefore we are disassociated from our nervous system and for lack of a better term nature or yeah um i guess that, that puts it just fine and when you fix the system when you when you go in and you become um associated with the food that you eat and the way that you feel and uh the relationships that you have and your experience in the present you can't help but tune it better yeah and, and instead there's all these escapes that might feel like escapes but they're compounding the inevitable downfall and it replicates our society one to one like our society is bouncing around identifying the uncomfortable issue of homelessness and and um uh, you know climate change or whatever like pollution and all of these things require some uncomfortable conversations like you said like hey how about it's not okay to ship things in 14 different fucking packages why isn't that why am i still getting junk mail how is yeah. that even legal i throw out pounds and pounds of wasted paper every single week how is that possible <laughs> talking about you you line right. <laughs> exactly how do i, I mean, have a 400 page catalog every every month. two weeks yeah. or every month there's uh, um so since i go away a little bit and don't check my mail there was a there's been a period where you know and then i have to come down here 
uh, I have to go to the post office because my mailbox got full, and so they stopped. They get you know my local guy stopped delivering the mail to me. You know because right. that's his because uh, there was no place to put it anymore, and it was virtually all shocking junk. And so then I stumbled upon a little known fact that if you look at one of those coupon motherfucking things, there is super fine print. You know, might be upper right corner, might be mm-hmm. lower left back. You know, whatever. There's a place that you can opt out. Oh no shit! Yeah. To not get it anymore. It only lasts for a certain period of time. A couple of years. Like maybe it starts again in two years. I mean, it's kind of like a ceasefire. It's like it's detente <laughs> with the junk mail providers. Um, uh, and it was incredible. I don't... So I haven't checked the mail here in Salt Lake for, I don't know, three months? Yeah. And I came back and my mailbox was not full. And it was... The, the greatest quantity of junk mail and sales pitches came from fucking Google. No shit. You e-assholes. You're supposed to be paper-free. But apparently they're, you know, they want to, me to sign up for their fucking... Oh, because you opted out. Uh, the, the fiber uh, net- oh, network. I thought it was because you opted out of the like entire system kind of deal. Uh, like when you tried to get out of it, a couple would that would, would that be possible? It's um, it's not. it's not. You know, and and um, but I did you know get you know delete the Google account. I did. I never used the Docs or the their cloud sort of thing. I did get rid of all Microsoft related stuff on my system you know to try and like it's just it's just interesting to see you know to just uh you know download some diagnostic tools and watch the communication that happens when you're using these free products or just do your fucking light beam thing and then you know and you look at that and you're like uh i'm we're so fucked but it, 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 it just, but it was i just thought it was super funny that it was like i probably had 13 pieces of mail from Google talking about fiber or network or I thought the whole point of the internet was to, you know, reduce paper usage. <laughs> no, the whole point of the internet is to trace your every want and desire and then advertise you through paper, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's, like, it's, it's so, it's so analog. They're defending analog over there. And <laughs> de- defend an all. Og. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of what it feels like. Oh I, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, it is funny that it is like kind of a, uh, how easy it is to take. Sorry, one, I digressed and Oh no, I, I think, uh, I don't think at all because I think it, it hits the point perfectly actually that we're touching us. Like the system is fundamentally, I mean, in the biggest concept possible is incorrect. And I, and I really do think it's because the focus is trying to get people as much as possible out of their bodies out of their yeah. connection out of their association with the fact that we are still animals and, and that ulti- we still are connected to nature and ultimately out of their relationships that would yeah. provide nourishment yeah um and, and turning them into virtual things or or, or into into binary in in a sense uh, what i find fascinating about this line of discussion is about the f- is the food yeah, the old organization. We're trying teaching diet stuff in, in in the beginning, and um, and we're trying to get people to read labels. Yeah, right. And and that was the was the big thing. And if you can't pronounce it, don't put it in your mouth. Um, you know, was like one of the 
you know, the simple lessons that we thought might be useful. Good thing I can pronounce um, dimethyltryptamine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that does go in your mouth. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can. And then to start, and I've been cooking a lot because, mm. you know, one of the things like um, that happened af to Blair after Travis died was a year of, you know, of, of getting by. You know, and especially yeah. food-wise, eating, you know, eating a lot of yogurt. And I fucking love cooking and making really good meals. It's a pretty hearty dinner. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for her. And, and that and, you know, uh, setting up the, the sleep situation better. So, mm. like, she eats better. She sleeps better. She goes, and when she goes for acupuncture now, you know, her practitioner's like, what the f different? You're totally, di you are totally different. You were barely hanging on by the skin of, you know, you had a serious in, um, amount of inflammation and, and you weren't sleeping and, you know, your immune system was like a one half step away from crashing all the time. And now it's t totally different. And I honestly believe that it comes from, I mean, a lot of it, you know, yes, it's sleep, but I think it comes from the food yep. and not having, um, and yeah, th there's, you read the labels, you look at the stuff. You might only get to eat once a day because uh, it's expensive to yeah. buy real food yeah. <laughs> um, that's close to nature, that is, you know, furthest away from processed as possible. But holy fuck, it works. Yeah. It's re it, is, it is really remarkable that you can. And part of that, for, you know, the cooking that I've been doing is like comes from, well, uh, I want to learn to do what Aaron does. <laughs> I mean, witchcraft. <laughs> witchcraft with food, yeah. I, I, I don't... And, and working on this... Do we? Yeah, yeah. yeah like working on this cookbook. It's going to... It is a very cool thing to see all of the physiologic and psychological and emotional uh, benefits of making, preparing, sharing... And consuming, you know, this is this is one bit of consumption I'm okay with is the actual food, but, <laughs> but and it, yeah, that's interesting because it it is it is the the consumption um, that leads to something beneficial, right? Yes, you're, you're fueling the experience, which doesn't mean it. Uh, and this is I think people get confused because we are so out of touch, we're so disassociated with food. We think that if it's going to be healthy, it must not be enjoyable. You know, one of the things yeah. is we were in Vegas a couple of days ago and we're yeah. like, obviously looking for a place to eat, which yeah. is not hard to do, but actually fairly difficult if you know what food does to you and you are looking at restaurants and you're like, no, 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 there, there's almost nothing to eat. Our yeah. general, uh, this sounds really weird, but our- For people like us, it's a food desert. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you could go to any number of restaurants and probably figure it out. But if I'm yeah. looking for- um, here's a weird, where I've landed at, and th this is like a total assumption and it's not true one-to-one, -one, but when we travel, if, if I have a question, if, if I'm trying to find the cleanest food imaginable, I usually find Persian food, okay, Lebanese, uh, Turkish, Mediterranean, Greek, something in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, because of their style of cooking, they grill meat. Yeah. So they're not using a lot of artificial oils. They usually have high quality meat because they're using like lamb and things that are actually more rare to get. Yes. Um, and, uh, and 
culturally they appreciate the quality of vegetables and the flavor from vegetables. So their tomatoes and onions are generally taste good, yeah. which means they're grown probably organically most of the time. That's totally assumptive. The other thing also like that we find uh, Indian food, also mm -hmm. the same thing. They build their flavors off the flavors of the produce. So everything is a base of garlic, onion, tomato, and then spices. Yeah. Right. And when you make things, when you build your flavors from that and not artificial means, you tend to get the higher quality food. So we immediately go to these sorts of things when we're, yeah. You know, it's, it's rare you'll find an American restaurant that's not using tons of industrial seed oil or tons of sugar, artificial flavoring, stuff like that in order to enhance their food. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, to make money, they need to make it a pleasurable experience. And if your average citizen, has a unreliable palate that is used to oversaturated sensations. Yeah. There you you have to um submit to the will of the people by sweetening your food and enhancing it and MSG and all of these things. But what I found in this is this we found a uh, Mediterranean restaurant it's like Turkish food. Okay. And we're like, God, it's like twenty minutes away from where we're staying. Well, I guess we're traveling. So we got an Uber and it cost twenty five bucks to get there. Okay. It's like this is ridiculous that this this is like this is the level of obsession that we have but what we found is when we got there the guy when we read the reviews what sold it to us is some lady was like it's great if you want health food but it's not tasty and we're like that's we're our there. place yeah <laughs> <laughs> sold like, yeah. especially after looking at the profile picture of said uh yelp user yes um so we went there yelp and, super reliable yeah it was like f fucking crowdsource opinion oh yeah, exactly <laughs> um uh. so we showed up there and it's like it's kind of like a it's a chain so it's really not that like but it's like the chipotle of persian food essentially okay. or whatever okay and nice. but the guys is saying we're like oh, i'll get the like you know lamb kebab and mm -hmm. aaron's gonna get the chicken kebab and he's like oh are you sure and i'm like yeah he's like well it takes like 15 minutes and i was like yeah you got to cook food, right? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, most people just want the shawarma or the, you know, they have the oh, like, yeah. Euro meat compressed garbage yeah. processed food. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll, like, are they fried? Like, what's the deal? And they're like, oh yeah, they're marinated. They're great. Like, but it takes a while. People, you yeah. know, they're usually in a hurry. And I was like, we'll wait. And so they cook is phenomenal. Yeah. Right. And it's just over rice and some greens and some other things and everything's fresh. It's like not the best food I've ever had, but it was phenomenal. And we had to go out of our way to get it. Yeah. But the difference is we did not feel like shit for the next, you know, little bit. In fact, that's the only meal we had that day. Yeah. And we got home and we're like still not hungry because we ate a lot thinking that mm -hmm. this would be our only meal. Yep. Some people might say that we were aggressive eaters. But <laughs> when you look at it, you're like when you find something that uh, fulfills the part of you that makes you feel a certain way, that then makes you behave a certain way. Your, your entire subconscious being relaxes. And I think that's what people yeah. don't recognize. And that might be what Blair's acupuncturist has, has felt is through nourishment, through the actual like provision of um, all of the building blocks that are required for sustainable life. When those are fulfilled, 
you have all of these layers of subconscious, whatever you want to awareness that is satisfied. It goes, yeah. it's not seeking anymore. So you lose that kind of like, Oh, just oh, I want something sweet or I want something salty. I need yeah. to get something else in my, in my stomach or in my belly or something. And then when that goes away, you're kind of at peace. And this is what, this is what society can't handle because people that are satisfied aren't seeking and they're not consuming and they're not indulging because then they're appreciating where they're at in the moment, which normally if you're eating with a loved one is the exact place you want to be. Oh yeah. That is and sitting in a fucking strip mall with Aaron at a Persian restaurant. I don't want to be anywhere else, even though it's in Vegas and there's lots of, other places but the satisfaction and the level that comes from that is an internally derived sensation not an externally fed uh uh i guess you'd call it fucking distraction wow (laughs) (laughs) so chapeau that was fucking brilliant but we need to talk about uber (laughs) (laughs) well no i and and you just you mentioned it Mm -hmm. and we had an interesting conversation yesterday that it's something that i wanted to bring up that i completely forgot until you said uber just now about ipad latency oh shit oh yeah this is fucking um another behavioral which is another interesting behavioral thing and and um Somehow, you know, I've got a this. I've had this one public email address for fucking I don't know a long time uh-huh. since I've had an you know it's a Hotmail address still right. So, uh, and it's <laughs> right, and it's yeah. been fucking leaked, you know, pwned, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, uh, a lot. So I see a lot of junk mail and phishing sorts of expeditions. Lots of Nigerian uh, princes reaching out to you. You know, I've th- not that lately, um, but, but it's for sure, every now and then. But a lot of things of like your subscription, your Amazon, your blah, 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 you know, all of these different things. And, and I go like, wow. So I like to imagine while I'm trying to fall asleep and not doing so um, in the in the night uh, that I haven't fucked that many people over hmm. in my life. I like to believe that. Okay. True, not true, <laughs> whatever. But there are organizations and people who that are based on fucking people over. Like getting the most, like, like just yeah, the whole st- business model. stealing fucking money from them. Oh, you're talking about the U.S. government. I'm just, I, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And, and the many ways that that theft is accomplished. Um, <laughs> or that thievery. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, how could you... You know, and, 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 it, and it's and it's everywhere. It's it's like this. Okay, if there's no future, then fuck you. I got mine, and I don't care who I walk on, steal from, fuck over, in order for me to have more. So there are entire, you know, there are entire <sighs> industries. There's there are jobs. There are uh, um, th- that that are essentially, you know, tricking people out of, uh, you know, out of things, and then like, well, you're. You, yes, you got more as the recipient of said, you know, benefits from th- trickery and thievery and, and that sort of thing. Um, you got more, but but you didn't make anything. You didn't produce yeah. anything. You didn't 
make the place any better. You made your circumstances better, perhaps. And I just, and so I find that kind of fascinating. And so when you mentioned the other day, you know, we can, we're talking, we're going to, this whole idea of the tipping. And when the person pours you a drip from a coffee from a thermos and then turns the iPad around and gives you the opportunity to, um, pay more than you are already paying for this thing when no service, you know, a tip generally tied to service, et cetera thing. And I, I do quite love looking someone in the eye and pressing no tip because there was, you know, nothing purchased. And you had yesterday described this thing that I didn't see. I saw as a bug uh, but you yes. saw uh, it for what it actually is, which is uh, a trap. It's a, a honey trap. It's yeah. A hun- yeah, it's the built-in feature. I, I use cash a lot because mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like a <laughs> little bit of an act of defiance. I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of classed in you as using cash. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, sometimes, it's really fun to watch, you know, people newly into cash registering and that kind of thing uh try and math (laughs) like if they didn't plug the fucking thing in or let them plug in how much you they think you're gonna give them but then add the ones and the change Mm -hmm. so it that it comes back a different thing but the machine's telling them differently and then they're just like fucking zorches their heads yeah it's really fun i anyway i will i i mean on that note I will tip a barista that makes me my coffee because that is a skill and it is a service. Yes. Um, I tip for service. Yes. Right? Like when somebody provides something. Goes above and beyond. Or and above and beyond. But even, be, even you know, taking your order, retrieving the order, making yeah. sure the things are correct. What well, That is a service and I agree in, in tipping that. Uh, what I know is this was actually a taxi, which is funny because... Uh, Uber for whatever reason is kind of a disaster in Las Vegas and okay. we're right out the convention center so I was like oh let's yeah. just take a taxi it was twice as much yeah actually um, okay which was funny in the first place I was watching it rack up I was like this is fucking insane <laughs> so, he must have like he put the oversized tires on so, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's why the meter's this running is reading so. differently yeah. Um, yeah so when I and I've noticed this on a couple other machines but this one okay. was like this one was obvious to me because yeah. now I can't just use the phone or whatever and do the thing. So I got to yeah. do the whole credit card thing and it gives you a price on a screen back by, you know, the, now the clever little yep. pay station, iPad, whatever you call it. And I, I've, I was suspicious before. Okay. And this just confirmed my suspicion. So it tells you the amount you put in the card. It says remove card. It beeps at you or whatever. And then it kind of like, uh, goes to a page that tells you the price yeah. uh, to accept and you press OK and then um, you go to press OK and it has a lag and then you go and so hit it. So it, you hit OK confirm. And, or confirm and it doesn't change immediately. No. The screen. Not a, it yeah, still looks it, like nothing happened. Right. And you know, like off-brand non-Apple products, what I'm used to experiencing with Android products is that there's a little bit of latency <laughs> built in because it's a mm. piece of shit. And so you go to hit it again, but then the screen changes and it just so happens that the button that is in place of the button that you wanted to push now confirms a 40% tip, at which case the screen changes immediately into a process. As soon as you hit that. 
As you go to hit, so you hit okay, nothing happens. You go to hit okay again. And in that moment, this has obviously been carefully studied. Yes. Um, for how long? Yes. Uh, then that changes immediately to a new screen or which has the various tips. Mm-hmm. And 40% just happens to be right in the spot on the screen where the confirm slash okay button had been uh, a millisecond or whatever before. Right. Fuck yeah. Genius. And it oh absolutely yeah. and and engineering like I've like oh my god. And if you think about it, it's actually not that complex. If you no. think about the engineering that's involved in using Instagram or something like that, yeah. The the amount of like thinking that goes in to get you to overuse things or overconsume things. Like just the food science that is involved in manufacturing a chip to be palatable and overeatable and uh, consumable like it is, we're talking millions of dollars of engineering dollars. Yeah. Putting in, not into necessarily the recipe, but into the the crunch and texture and sweetness and, and the levels that are A-B testing between groups. And uh, like, this is what happens with your f- quote unquote food product. Why wouldn't they be doing that? Because the, and go back to my criticism, capitalism, Capitalism isn't working unless profit margins continue to increase exponentially, which we know is impossible. So once the value, once you reach the value cap on a service or product, you have to engineer ways to increase the revenue because you're not thought of as successful unless you're continually growing. Now, the normal company that provides a product, this is done by expanding SKUs. I come up with more products that are on brand or facilitate something within the tertiary or uh, I'll just say like the correlation of the of, of the target product. So yeah. if I'm a skincare line, I come out with an eye cream, I come out with a skin cream, I might even get real wild and come out with a hair serum, right? But I can continue to expand my revenue if I continue to expand. The, the number of products on offer. Yeah, but yeah. if I don't have that, if I, if I only have one service, I'm gonna cap out really quickly, such as the case in driving a taxi. Yeah. Right. In driving a taxi, I drive people from A to B at varying distances, but the going rate is X amount of dollars per mile with surcharge, aftercharge, whatever other charges are going to come out of it. The Nevada charge, the Las Vegas charge, the Anti-Prostitution Act, the federal regulation gas thing that's also going to come in once you have all the taxes, whatever you want to call them. Yep. In now that I have to pay all those and I'm out of service fees or whatever, the only other way to do it is to get really clever with human behavior. Yeah, And to know that, man, we are really impatient subconsciously. And if I hit a button, my experience with technology is, is that if I hit the, the button, it doesn't. Something happens. Something isn't re- responding correctly. Yeah. I hit it again. And then it goes immediately. And this is also the social engineering. Most people, once they hit the tip button, it's the, the Seinfeld episode about taking the money. Oh, I didn't mean to drop that. And I'm seen taking money out of the jar. Yeah, exactly. And now, now I have this social impropriety that is happening in front of somebody. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and most people go, ah, and they just freeze and they go, fuck it. Like it's worth the money. Yeah. But we're talking about 40% tip on a $40 <laughs> cab ride. Oh, yeah. You're like, uh, what would somebody have to do in a cab ride to deserve a 40% tip? I can think of Vegas. a number of things. I can only think of a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine are all variations on the one. <laughs> 
Okay, but I like cr- to differentiate, you know, different, <laughs> maybe different outfits. Um, I, I mean, know. I've had some phenomenal <laughs> conversations in taxis. Yes. I still didn't tip 40%. No. Um, that, that's the, I'm service rendered. That's <laughs> all I have to say. About. So, I, and that's, there is that fascinating, the, the, that thing, like, fuck it. Me not having to admit that I got tricked um is worth paying the 40 percent yeah me not having to like look at this cab driver you know in the eye and annul the transaction in the rearview mirror (laughs) yeah in the rearview mirror and annul the transaction and start over um that's worth 40 percent. you know like oh so we're talking about i mean just what we were talking about shame yeah you know earlier the most powerful behavior that's a really good way to also manipulate and now you start to see you'll see it in these now in the everything is um everybody i think is aware at the ridiculous nature about the tip screen that's yeah. involved when i go to a shop and stand behind their courtesy covid screen and yeah. you know everybody's got gloves on but they still turn the thing around like they've helped you somehow to like hey yeah. give me some more money that you know inflation is affecting this, but also generate this extra income for no perceived value whatsoever because it's a social norm now yeah which now they're they're manufacturing behavior based off of that in the u.s in the u.s yes it is it is getting like that in other places though Uh, yeah from what i've noticed i mean be obviously because it must be successful model well i mean how much uh, you somebody could pull this up right like how much revenue yeah we're not going to be able to access it but there is a company that probably makes tablets that probably makes software Mm -hmm. that engineers this that would have very specific numbers on the income increase to marginal businesses that don't have other ways to increase revenue and and it is by social engineering i like to try and you know think things ahead sometimes like Mm -hmm. if this happens then what happens next and then what happens next yeah. and so you're you know you're 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 providing you're selling the product and your margin is you know standard 40 percent mm-hmm. uh markup and then and then like you get a little bit greedy and or not even greedy but you got to increase the revenue because because your taxes and your other related fees for you know owning and operating a business are increasing you know mm-hmm. nor- local regulations that kind of stuff you got to pay for the utilities and the people that so then it's up to 45 percent, and then your margin's 50 percent, and then pretty soon okay so you you there's a dead end there eventually yeah like your margin can't be 200 percent, and you stay in business no right so so autumn i mean yes you can we do Well, I mean, but, oh, because but, ours isn't actually. I've I've heard recently. This is kind of interesting. Uh, like going down the rabbit hole of scale and whatnot. Yeah. Um, a lot of very well off, very prominent business people will tell you not to touch something unless it has a thousand percent markup. It's not a good scalable option. Which I think I, is like to us, we're like, whoa. We're not talking. We're let's not. We're not talking about commodities anymore. Right. No, I think you still are. I mean, a gallon of milk doesn't have a thousand percent. Shampoo does. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is why milk is not a profitable business. Meat is not a profitable business unless the meat is manufactured in a lab and you have a patent on it, and then the markup is a thousand percent once you get to yes. scale. 
Yes. <laughs> Which is why people Boom. aren't trying to innovate with natural foods because you can't. Genet Be this is interesting. Kleber's law describes that the scale of life will determine kind of everything. So the, yeah. the scale of the genetic sequencing and cellular makeup of a cat is the same in a mouse. It's, it's so we're talking amplified. about in the natural world. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. And so in the artificial world, yeah. that's when we can start manufacturing. That's really interesting. I didn't think about it that way. But you're right. that it, the different, And the difference is in an arbitrary or artificial constraint model, it yeah. would be. Wow. Fuck. Shit. The de so let me get back to this idea of the dead yeah. end. You yeah. know, like let's ju let's just say there's there there are limited ways. You can only have X number of SKUs before you become you know before you start like trying to enter markets where you are um, unknown. Uh -huh. Let's just say you know I was looking for shoes or something and I noticed that Lee, which I thought was a jeans company, yeah. that then made T-shirts. Well, they make shoes. Course. They make trekking shoes or some yeah. shit, you know? Because they're probably it, actually a textile company, I take it? I no idea. Oh, okay. I never but I just thought like, oh, that's a out of, you know, mm. my perception of that brand name. This, okay, this, yeah. this, they've entered into an alternative market in order that's to That's probably more accurate. Yeah. Okay. In, in order to keep um expanding the scope of their business. To to, to you know keep making profits so what happened let's just say that tipping is an industry okay or, or, or it, it is yeah. a you know now it's a feature okay we've where does that lead is is what i'm trying to get to it's like what is the follow-on you know and and is it or is it not a dead end it is what's well, interesting when you put it that way um what people smarter than us probably saw was that um, tipping in the U.S. and to waiters and stuff was, it, the IRS would notice this too, that industries that have tipping in it, they tend to audit more. Yeah. And, and that's because they know that there's revenue streams that are unaccounted for. And this, so the IRS would notice it because the IRS is a function of third party, I mean, what would be the term um, that they used in... Um, famous iron rad novels um second handers second handers so the irs <laughs> is a good example of a second hander or a yeah. third party uh interest that is just kind of taxing which is yeah uh, <laughs> makes sense now <laughs> yeah. put in that terms. so yeah. what they would look at from somebody looking at how to uh increase revenue they look at everything right they yeah. look at can we fractionally increase profit by reducing cost can we fractionally improve by scaling more by buying cheaper and making cheaper and you're looking for every little way to make money right so there was a product and it and it cost um we'll just go 29 dollars. okay and then someone was like i need to make a little more money we're gonna make it 29.50 yeah and we're gonna make it 29.75 and then you the dead end is at 29.99 yes right yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. there's the dead end and then you have to take a big psychological gotcha, step, yeah. right? To jump and into the thirty dollar mark. To jump to the thirty dollar mark, or whatever, and then you may as well go fucking big and go thirty five. But that's a um, it's a different that's yeah. a that's a different thing. So if I look at like this idea of tipping as a way to increase revenue, um, it, there's a dead end there. Yes. Like because no one will consent unless by absolute trickery and threat of electric shock. You know, yeah. no one's going to tip 100%. Right. 
right? You're going to yeah, max at 40. Yeah, you found, yeah, you found, yeah, 40 is kind of like the off end person. The ever, ridiculous upper limit. Yeah. In, in, in the case of these things. And, and so, the, so this is where my, you know, what is, I see a dead end. What am I missing? What's the, what's the next thing where, you know, tipping will still be there as a way, but now we've capped our, our revenue, our ability to, to, to make revenue off of that. What, what gets added? Which means it'll never go away. Yes. Now people are dependent on it for their lifestyle. Yes. So that doesn't go away, but what can be added on afterwards? Uh, you, You know, to, to, to get that. 10%, 15%, 20%, 10%, 15%, 20%. Yeah, the, you know, the increase, increase, the increase margins for yeah. the next window yeah. while that thing will be available. This is um I think that's fascinating. Like I mean this is what people are trying to think through right now, the people that are like, you know, making lots of money, profit, oh, yeah. like unbelievable amounts of profit. Not not just in the like uh, in this I've really had to change my scale of thought of when I think of like high incomes because what you're talking about is being that kind of idea is being manufactured on the scale of people making billions of dollars, right? Because when you, when you change, when your scale of business is so large, something like Amazon, something like yeah. Apple, when you change fractions of cents on cost and production, it means millions to billions of dollars down the line. Yeah. And that like, that's how powerful some of these like metrics are. And so they're, uh, they're teams of accountants and mathematicians. And mm. this is, this is the interesting thing. When you were talking about uh, something, you said something um, that triggered what made me think of the Claber law in the first place. Okay. Right. So you said um, <laughs> you kind of think that it's hopeless or like, right. You're yeah. like, it's not going to be a good outcome. Yeah. So therefore, what do you start doing? You burn it down. Right. And when you see, when you see a city go to shit or like a riot go bad, the first thing that starts happening is you start looting. And what I think we're seeing with companies is they're seeing that it's going bad and they're looting in a very legal, kind of unconsensual way. So you're seeing this like behavioral modification. Extracting as much as possible prior to the... Inevitable downfall. Yeah. For to buy your island in New Zealand or whatever the fuck is going on with yeah. people that think the end of the world is going to happen. But I think when I talk about the scale, the claim scale, like uh, life resembles itself at every scale. And if we're seeing people behave a certain way at a certain place, yeah. you're going to see corporations are no different because they're made, they're made up, up of people, people. Yeah. and people have the same behaviors and psychological tendencies and worries and anxieties and fear. Yeah. And all of that stuff resembles itself up the scale. You just go to a larger entity, something that encompasses more people with a given intention, making money as opposed to just doing drugs in the under the bridge. And you're seeing the same behavior. You're seeing you're seeing a way to try to get out or get as much as you can before the whole thing kind of falls apart. So it is really no different. Our society looks at the homeless problem poorly because it's resembling and it's uncomfortable because it actually just mirrors our own behavior. We just have four walls around us that hides our anxiety and fear and our uh, disassociation from feeling this life. Or a decimal point in a slightly different place. Yes. Um, <laughs> but but it's this it this this has the sound of truth to it. Um, we but, could all be described as homeless because it's not describing the fucking problem. Oh yeah, it's not the the feature is a psychological, cultural, social uh, 
inability to address the fundamental problem with how we are feeling and what we're acting like. Yep. <laughs> I'm homeless. I'm I'm houseless. I want to be PC about this shit. (laughs) I'm apartmentless. Or, you know, like what, like what do you, uh, I'm apartment full. Yeah. Or you said burn it down. Yeah. Also a dead end. You know, in a way like ban capitalism. Okay. What next? You know? Yeah. Hey, Ban fascism. You're fascist. I'm anti-fascist. I, you know, I'm this, I'm, you know, whatever. We got to get rid of this society that doesn't serve whatever interests, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and? I, I thought, no, I see. And, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I keep, uh, I mean, I keep finding myself with, you know, what's, what would you put in its place? What is your idea? Um. My, so I do have an idea. Okay. Because it's centered on the, so it's centered at scale. Yeah. Like you take, you, you become, okay, this is fucking weird. Fire scales really nicely. (laughs) (laughs) And it provides a, um, an amount of illumination, uh, of, uh, ash and things that things can grow in eventually once it settles. Okay. Anyway, so uh, this becomes really weird because I, uh, I wrote this thing the other day when I was the constraint model is really interesting for teaching people, but I was writing kind of the process for which, um, it happens, right. The, the, The fundamental process for learning. And I think it's the same for, what we're talking about right now. Okay. It, when you're, when we're talking about the, the, the problem with us reflecting or mirroring the whole of society, the way to actually fix it is to internally evaluate what's wrong with the one thing that you can control, you can, which is yourself, yeah. right? That, that, okay. that th- th- this is most people are abdicating the responsibility because they're replicating, they're replicating or mirroring society's collective energy. And what we're saying is like, we're only noticing it in the person that's passed out in the corner or, you know, doing the fentanyl lean because we're like, oh my God, how can they not take responsibility for their actions? But then immediately we turn and go, oh, it's fucking Amazon's fault. It's capitalism's fault. It's this kind of deal. When in reality, you come back to a way of being, I take care of myself. I feed myself. I change my behavior because I'm aware of it. So in my scale here for what I was talking about, um, it starts with awareness yeah. of a problem or a situation that, and that just becomes trying to detect it, like noticing it, being conscious of how you behave or what makes yeah. you feel a certain way. That would be with food or environment or relationships or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It, mm-hmm. It's the same. If I wanted to learn how to lift something differently, I would become aware of how I'm moving and what yeah. the limitation is. So awareness is about identifying limitations and and being curious as to whether you can change that or not. Mm-hmm. And so the the next uh, the next thing I had on here was insight. So that that's like, oh, I noticed the thing, and now I'm looking for like legit specific ways that that's limited. I'm looking for truth in the problem, right? So if I'm um, not behaving the way I want, which is it could be anything, but yeah. let, I, I'll let, let's say um, for the past year i haven't i haven't been as aware as i've wanted to be um certain towards i've turned off certain things i haven't i haven't wanted to really focus on diet because the energy is limited 
Yeah. Right. And I, yeah. so the limitation here is like, it's a, it's a bad feedback loop. So if I'm like, ah, fuck it, let's go get Thai food or whatever. I'm still making better choices, but it is not the best choice that I could make. It would be exactly. better if I went home and made Thai food. And that way I construct it from the ground up from the yeah. best quality ingredients. But because I've abdicated my responsibility to some lady down the street, um, I get her understanding of nutrition. I'm receiving, yes. right? So I've, I'm now aware and my insight is like, ah, that's why I don't feel as good as I probably could because I've abdicated some of my responsibility for my own nutrition. After that, it's implementation. This is training. This is like, how do I take the action that uh, resolves the, uh, the, that might help to resolve the problem? Mm. So I train myself, I change my behavioral pattern. It means I have to be uncomfortably conscious of the behavioral pattern, right? I have to go, uh, I'm tired and I'm hungry and oh, here it is. Go to the store, buy the ingredients, go home and cook them, spend the extra time or figure out the fix that would lead to the same outcome. If yeah. I had the money, I wouldn't have to spend the time, right? Because yeah. I could just, no, here's the chef that I would hire to go to my house and the meal would be ready. That would, that would change the behavior uh, or it actually change the outcome without changing my behavior. And this is what most people do. Yes. They compensate, um, with money as opposed to attention or time. Yeah. And then after that implementation, the, the integration part starts. The integration is about taking um, all of this behavior and putting it into the subconscious so that it happens so frequently that it's not even a thought anymore. Yeah. And uh, that integration pattern, if it's successful, then you become intuitive about it. So now the actions happen without thought. And this whole process, just happens internally and if that happens around you what happens is people start to notice that you have a different outcome right it's the same thing if somebody pulls up sean pulls up you know fucking brand new ferrari i'm like whoa you have a different outcome than me how did you get that and he goes yeah. i paid attention and i'd be like what are you talking about and he's like well 25 years ago i started a business and i made sure that metrics were correct and i worked really hard every single day so that the behavior of this thing had this outcome and it generated profit and now 25 down 25 years down the line i can pay cash for a ferrari or whatever and everybody looks at me like i'm an asshole because i'm jacked and i paid attention and i drive a sports car and everybody thinks that i'm just like a a trust fund but really it's these were just like small behavioral modifications along the way yeah. and now it comes so intuitively to him to make money that he doesn't have to think about it or you know place money instead of physicality talent uh ability to write whatever yeah. thing that you want is kind of on the other side of this process i think and then the people start to notice you around you and then they'll start to mimic you and so now because life yeah. replicates life and it mirrors it your your responsibility to yourself then shows somebody else that the success that you can have and the outcomes that you can is replicable as long as you're aware of it and you can help guide other people to it so the people in this small circle tend to train harder they're more aware they eat a little bit better not all at once we all fuck up and we all go through oh, yeah. these waves but eventually it just becomes a normalized behavior when you come in here and that's what most people don't understand when they come into nonprofit or the space or something like that or even just a symposium is they go ah the conversations and the words and the people that come here are different and it's because we've led by an example i think and people have also given us stuff back 
to correct. It's a, it's a, yeah. uh, a reciprocal process. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a trickle down thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking capitalist pig. <laughs> Reaganomics. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to never hear the end of that. <laughs> you know, uh, this is really interesting in the sense of getting towards a better explanation mm. about what it is that happens here. Yeah, closer. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've been, I mean, I've been trying to figure it out. Oh yeah, right. Because that's like people ask, and that one of our biggest marketing problems to scale, yeah, is being unable to identify what exactly it is yeah. in a clear and profound way. And people ask now, and I think, <clears throat> yeah, how do you answer it? Um, I can talk about one little feature of what we do, pretty good. Yeah. We publish this. We train people like this. We teach people in this manner. But the overall picture is a little bit too big to digest into like, uh, you know, highly processed food fragments that people would be familiar with. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they come in like a little single serve type container, um, which then gets added to the ocean. Uh, <laughs> It's it's funny because there was a thing. It was like, no, you got to condense it. You know your your explanation to you know this the elevator pitch or whatever yeah. people call it. You know, and I'm like, well, if I got it down to a minute, it's still fifty seven seconds too long. Yes, for people's uh, attention. For people's attention. Yeah, and I go, well, your attention isn't worth fucking capturing to me. Apparently, this is the re so this is really this is a, a fundamental shift in my own. If all you have is process. three seconds. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. I do not want to have anything to do with you. True. Give me, I mean, it's a prime number. That's true. Give me seven. Can we agree? Seven. Like, I'll do seven. Yeah. Seven, seven okay. seems okay. Seven. Yeah. So th this is a, this is a big shift in my, because I think that attitude before was really helpful to focus internally. Right. Because yes. we weren't distracted by other people because we yeah. just said, if you can't pay attention, it's not worth our time. And that allowed us to slow down and really develop something that was valuable, actually, as opposed to just worried about the scalability and the profitability off the bat. Which right. We have never been uh, really worried about. Now I'm worried about the scalability because what I recognize that we do here is so valuable that I think other people should at least know about it. And yes. I what I'm looking at when I look out and I see people, they are distracted, uncomfortable. They don't like how they feel. They don't like their life. Yep. And th this is uh, to come back on it. The, the reason why I don't have like all of this, you know, fake feigned compassion for homeless, drug addict, whatever you want to like riddled mm -hmm. society is because there's so many people that I know that are fighting for life that want to be here, that want the experience that can't have it, that die, that are, yeah. you know, are, they're just the fucking outcome of bad circumstance or cosmic humor or whatever. They would do anything to have another day, week, month, year, whatever. Yep. Um, and they don't get that opportunity. And then I look outside and I see these motherfuckers wasting an experience and an existence. And if I say that, you know, I'm all hippy dippy about it and love and peace or whatever, but the world or the universe is all made of energy, that means compassion 
is part energy yeah. and energy is finite. Why the fuck would I waste it on that person as opposed to somebody who is dying that wants this experience? That's where my compassion is, is for people who want to be here. And that's no offense yeah. to people that are plagued with suicidal thoughts or like that. That is a different circumstance, mm. but also kind of the same answer. If you don't want to be here, get out of the way for people that want to and don't zap up the energy and the resources. Like there isn't, there's this place could be better and that yeah. this is i think what we talk about in this space makes people better and the biggest difference the different shift that i've had is that we the reason why now i'll entertain the three second the three second elevator pitch yeah is because a our practice is refined and it's valuable and now it's my duty to take people that are uncomfortable and um that are seeking pleasure or don't 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 think that life is worth it or they don't and basically be able to, you know, use their scale of attention mm -hmm. to show that there's actually something worth paying attention to. And maybe it starts with three seconds and then it becomes seven seconds then it becomes five minutes and then it becomes 10 minutes. And then now you're listening to two hour podcast because you actually understand that fundamentally there's people who care about this experience and want everything else. They actually don't think it's the end. Yeah, they hope that it's not actually that, that, that the apocalypse didn't happen. That actually this is just a feature of the human experience is to find is to to learn how to collectively crawl our way out of our own human nature and be something else. That sounds too fucking hopeful for us. I know we got to end on it. So let me just we just let me just take it back to the dead end and the de and the dead end nature of certain things and why if people were actual chess players they would think ahead and recognize that what part of the, the, the all of the agitation um, in society is I think has to do with you know maxing out at like the three seconds or two seconds of um energy available because if if the the point is to capture attention and all the you know that the masses are going to give you mm -hmm. is three seconds then what you put in front of them has to be so radical so over the top so thrilling so viral so right on the edge of <laughs> pornographic mm -hmm. um that that they that they stop and you have their attention shock factor yeah shock factor so where does that lead mm. you know there's a dead Train end wrecks. It, yeah. It, yeah exactly pretty pretty soon you know it's it's fucking snuff films yeah. you know or it or it's the, it's the coliseum or it's yeah, you yeah. know it's you know girl fight on pier you know or whatever and so that's why i advocate for seven seconds okay because you can introduce like a little <laughs> bit of wisdom and maybe some compassion and humanity uh and uh so i've just predicted our own failure i <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is uh, you know some great thinkers would would agree with you, and they, and they would say um, waking people up is 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 a futile task, and waking people up in the sense to awareness to the yeah. circumstances to, and I think to some degree um, that is true. The majority will never be aware of what is actually going on because it's not in their 
operandi mode. I don't like yeah. whatever it's, it's just not in their software necessarily. And I don't know what that difference is because like, if we say like, Oh, life is sanctimonious and everything's special and everybody's unique, yeah. but we know that's not true. Some people are just, they're here doing something different. Yeah. Um, that Roz thing on the, you know, <laughs> fucking foot sales. Yeah. It kills it for me every time. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Foot sales. Um, <laughs> but there are some people who are capable and, uh, maybe the seven seconds is the way to punch past the three second people. Yes, to find the people that there's the, there's my that, that's the that's the the thing that used to, that we used to differentiate the foot cells from. I don't know. I mean, all cells are useful. Yeah, you need. Well, that's that's the you yeah. know. Um, yeah. You need people. Fuck, you need people to be able to push that forty percent button and go. I don't know, and then they just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially if you want to stay in business with, with this. Oh, man. That's yeah, fucking bleak. Yeah. Thank God we got here. Because I was getting a little too optimistic, man. Thank you. I, <laughs> I'm still, I feel pretty optimistic. But I also, if but, it doesn't work out, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, right on. I, 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 but I got to, I do. I do have one question. Okay. What do I do on Monday? <laughs> um, well, you reduce, reuse, and recycle. There we go. That's a place where some awareness can happen. I mean, I'm not super into recycling because I know it's a Good. fucking scam sure, yeah, in yeah. this country and it's, and it's kind of bullshit. But yeah. um, So it's the reduce part, yeah. which it, it is pretty fascinating to inventory what we what arrives in our homes and then leaves our homes yeah um yeah. it's it's fucking wild to look at i mean i just moved we moved our house from being there for 10 years and yeah. i was like what in the actual fuck am i holding on to yeah. you know even in the case of things that i like like books i'm like why do i have these like these are completely useless you know and, and then this it comes this question of like we had some high quality things um, that maybe you could resell. Yeah. But is it worth reset? Like, why don't I just throw it away? And you're like, this is like a ridiculous question. You know, what do I like put it on and argue with some guy, whether my like bed set is worth a hundred bucks or 50 bucks. I'm like, yeah, not worth it. Almost. It's where it goes out there under the bridge. Yeah, yeah well, that's as what, an attractive nuisance, <laughs> like a, the mattress that's out there right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you just didn't buy as a hotel bridge, fucking feature. I don't know what it's fucking <laughs> gross. Whatever it is. Yeah, I like you know the uh, reduce. I think this the cry once philosophy is pretty good. Yeah, because then again, we don't end up with you know five washers and dryers over our lifetime. We <laughs> have one. You know, fucking one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, still a dead end. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, that is a conclusion of the nonprofit podcast. We've decided, uh, basically with, with full agreement that this is going nowhere. And I'm going to go look for something in the bushes out under the bridge. <laughs> God, apparently there's a mattress. There's, there's a mattress. There's maybe some baggies get dropped yeah. due to the lack of dexterity that apparently happens. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for coming down to <laughs> Salt Lake, visiting the old, the old place. It's, It'll be here in the, the fall. Yeah. So we'll do a lot more of these once here. Yes. And I'll, 
<laughs> oh man but like Aaron said man I miss that guy like yeah I mean we try to admit that we don't or try to hide that we don't while you're gone and we're like yeah it's fine Mark doesn't need to be here fuck Mark should be here we um, <laughs> Blair and I really miss you know you're our friends yeah <laughs> like you're my my only few friends <laughs> and yeah I miss miss uh being down here you know it's really yeah october november yeah we'll come down and put some fucking products to bed <laughs> <laughs> that's what's gonna happen you see a whole new line of skews from non-profit exactly <laughs> i said bed we've got I face ma- cream and oil cleanser <laughs> and what else can we come out non-profit exactly. um, fire starter <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. Oh yeah, <laughs> nonprofit fire starter. Yeah, for when you want to burn it down. You know, it's in your everyday. Uh, what does that EDC stand for? Everyday. Care? Everyday carry. Yeah, yeah you should got have, a fire starter. You should do that fire starter. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm open to that. Yeah, I mean that was <laughs> we got we did get to that point. Speaking of that thing, like, and this is the do not consume. It was basically like. Well, do you guys have a coffee mug yet? And or do you guys have a wristband that says nonprofit? And you're like, what the fuck? All yeah. of this is garbage. Uh, uh, granted, the, the coffee mugs I was looking at are phenomenal. Cool. Right? Like, I use yeah. them. They're ceramic. It's going to last, if I keep it in good condition, it'll yeah. last fucking 30 years. Yeah. Like, it's indestructible. But also, do we really just need to put our name on everything so people remember us? It's like, because most people don't take care of their shit and it ends up in a garbage heap somewhere. And I, I have to think about it now. Is like, how much shit of ours that the, has our name on it is now in a garbage heap? Is in a, yeah. And I don't, that's not how I want to be. Yeah, that, that's not the legacy I want to leave. You know, something that, um, you know, sometimes, honestly, to, to have come down mm-hmm. um, for a quick visit, it reminds me that we have done some pretty cool shit. Yeah. Like I was looking for a copy of Refuge for Rob Fusco because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, five years after we made it or four years <laughs> after we made it, I realized that I had never fucking sent him one. And he's a really good friend. And and uh, it, anyway, so I found one of the, I don't know, seven special editions still left with a slipcase. Oh, nice. And uh, packaged it up and sent it. And then I found that the fucking workouts zine that we made to go hand in hand with poison, you know, the first edition or however we were doing it. Nice. Flipped through that and read, you know, looked at some of the workouts and looked at some of the, the imagery that's in there and a couple of the essays that are in there. I was like, fuck, this thing's cool. Yeah. This is a really, damn, we've made some good shit. And yeah. hopefully that didn't end up in a landfill. You know what I've thought about? I probably shouldn't, um, <clears throat> put this on there so you feel free to cut this out after but i thought yeah. about when you said yesterday when you're like this is fucking red and i was like yeah people loved it and we ran out of it and i don't know why we don't remake it but when i thought about it i was like yeah because we have a really hard time uh repeating ourselves, yeah. which is why scale and business are like kind of hard for us to fundamentally oh yeah think about um but what i did think about is like wouldn't it be a cool way as if we didn't repeat ourselves and that became a living thing that changes like it, be, like the poison training zine becomes a thing that replic. Like it's different every time, but it's in the same vein of that book, Poison, which talks about all those concepts. And then this is kind of the manual to experience those concepts. So, 
another skew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Business. We're back. Business. I right, wind on that. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thank you, Michael and Lambert. Misty. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>